Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode in this series of the Virgin Disruptors podcast. I'm your host, Holly Ransom, and on this show, we've been exploring the power of creating change breaking convention, and ultimately winning in the worlds of business and beyond. For me, a disruptor is someone who has the courage to sort of put themselves out there. You know, they come up with this idea or this innovation. and Not only do they follow through with themselves, but they sort of back themselves in the sort of expression of that idea and take on that challenge. So for me, that's anyone who does that is, is really a disruptor. This week, we're hacking human and creative potential as we're joined by guest speaker Dr Andy Walsh, head of performance at Red Bull. Andy is an expert in getting the best out of people. And in this episode, he'll be sharing the approaches he's used in training Red Bull's elite athletes and how you can apply this model to your own teams. Andy was the performance manager for Red Bull Stratos, leading the performance plan for Felix Baumgartner's record-breaking jump to Earth from the stratosphere in 2012. I really enjoyed hearing Andy talk both for his style of presenting, how matter-of-fact he was and how willing he was to share so deeply about the insights he'd garnered from the Red Bull high-performance team. But I also really enjoyed the encouraging results of his research, what they've seen about neuroplasticity and the idea that while people can start with a variety of risk and threat tolerances and resilience levels, all the work he's doing at Red Bull suggests that competency and ability to endure and survive is capable of being built in anyone who's prepared to do the work. So let's get into this and join Andy Walsh, Head of Performance for Red Bull, live on stage at the recent Virgin Disruptors event in London. Thank you very much. So have you ever wondered what it is about the people who are able to perform the extraordinary? how they redefine mastery in their field, defy conventional wisdom, and go on to show us not only what's possible for themselves, but for the rest of the world. This has been a question at the forefront of the field of human optimization for many years. It's been sort of the backbone of the program that we've been running for the past 30 years. Now, the question remains vague, and in many cases, it's still the holy grail, but we have made progress. We have made understandings and learnings that allow us to move people directionally in their, towards their dreams. To do that, we use these models. The representation behind me shows us that if it's an individual, a team, or an organization, you put them at the middle of the cogs, you define what's important, what's critical to success in that field, and you then have, through that understanding, you have actionable training items. 
Now, while these are very specific to craft and very specific to the individual, there are characteristics that transcend all fields and domains of mastery. And with your permission today, I'd like to explore that with you. The notion of thriving under adversity. High stakes environments when everything's on the line, your career, your reputation, maybe your life. How do you bring the very best of you forward to give you the greatest chance of success in the space? So to give you an example, I want to start with a high stakes environment. <laughs> so the point being one person's challenge is another person's hell. But the reality is this is based on an ancient evolutionary mechanism. The flight or fight response, as many of you may well know, for a certain level of arousal or challenge or threat, you rise to the occasion. You get excited, the blood starts pumping, you move forward and directionally your performance is very positive. For everybody and every person in every situation, you will reach a point where performance declines. If the threat or challenge exceeds your ability to meet it, you feel that horrible feeling, that gut-wrenching anxiety, that's when things start to go sideways. So this is the essence of what high performers are able to manage. And we do it very intentionally by pushing you just over that edge. We train in that space where, in the language of today, you're uncomfortable. Now, the first thing I want to share with you is a very simple construct, but it's evident in all the elite performers we work with. They simply reframe any threat they face in their journey as a challenge. The conversation, oh my God, this could hurt me, or this is dangerous, or I'm scared. Any mistakes I make or failures I have are going to reflect on me as an individual. That's the wrong mindset. Shifting it to a challenge. What's the opportunity? Is this a chance for me to explore what I'm made of? Is it a chance to find out when I do fail, where I can work to get better? That's the fundamental thing we start with with all our elite programming. Get that construct right in your face. But we also have to train. And again, using the language of today, reframing the conversation will only get you so far. Training for disruption, if you like, or training for high-stakes environments, we use this basic principle behind us. You look at risk based on a perception of risk or actual risk. And we always try to train in the space where the perception of risk is really high, but the actual risk is low. Our training evolutions allow us to put you in a state where you feel like you're over the edge of that curve, but in the background, we're manipulating the situation so that we can give you a chance to train, practice, and even thrive in that state. If you have a no perception of risk and the actual risk is really high, yeah, I've got that, that's a problem for us. So we always try and avoid that. If we move you progressively across the top of that curve, you end up in a position where the stakes are high, you understand the risk, and you're able to master yourself in that space. So assessment versus assumption. This is, again, a, a sort of related back to the evolutionary process. Humans have a sort of inherent, innate sort of framework by which they will always fill in, in the absence of information, with worst-case scenario. So back to the savannah, the grass is rustling. It was probably in your best interest to get the hell out of there. Assume that you were going to get eaten. A key training element of what we're trying to imbibe on these elite performers is the ability to step back from that assumption and start off with a basic fundamental assessment. Now, it's easy when their stakes are low, but what you'll see here in this next video when I show it is where we've ramped using a primal fear, the arousal right to the top, and you can see what happens with respect to their assessment. It's a trigger. It brings you up, and in many cases, you need to be brought up to get ready to do what it is you're about to do. I knew I was scared of snakes, but um, I've never actually put myself in a position where I had to be near them. 
Remember the two things. Slow movements, low stress. At first, I, I was doing my deep breaths, and I almost didn't really sink in what I was doing. Apparently, I, I kind of charged. Everyone else was taking their time, and I just wanted to get through there. My heart rate went from sitting down beforehand at 37 to 170 while I was just crawling in there. Learning to face that kind of primal fear and having the experience of feeling probably the most fear I've felt and overcoming it and how amazing that feels afterwards just gives us the confidence to do that again and again. So before you convince your HR department to go and buy a box of snakes, Of course, we, they're, top, they're top performers, so we need to ramp them over the top of that curve, which I, I, I think the heart rate of 170 sort of described that. But what's the assumption versus the assessment? What's the training opportunity there? Well, obviously, you walk up to a box of snakes, oh, hell, I'm going to die, kind of crosses over you, sort of through your mind. But the reality, the, the assessment will be, hey, Andy's always putting these tough training environments in front of us. By law, he's not allowed to kill us. He is probably going to challenge us in many ways. Maybe he has fed the snakes beforehand. <laughs> Maybe he has a bit of uh, elastic, clear elastic uh, wrap around their mouth so they can't bite you. So you see the opportunity here? Of course, the, she jumps straight to the assumption, which is what we're trying to train out. So if you think about those sort of three basic skills, you know, you sort of reframe the threat as a challenge. You take the time and the moment to move from assumption to assessment. You're in the final sort of stage of the training, which is to respond versus react. The nuance here is a response moves you directionally and intentionally towards the goal you're trying to achieve. The reaction just has to, happens by random. Obviously, for elite performers, that can blend into the one, but that's what we're trying to get people to, that final state. And it's not just for the elites in sports like the ones you've seen behind me. In the day-to-day -day business, when someone challenges you or puts a question to you in a tough meeting, what is the threat? Is it a threat or is it a challenge? Is it an opportunity to grow and improve what you're trying to share? The assessment versus assumption. Do they really want your job? Or are they there trying to help you? Or have they had a rough day? Whatever that may be, you can use these tools and techniques to enable you then to respond appropriately versus walking out of that meeting going, oh, hell, I wish I hadn't have said that. So you see how it kind of translates. You're listening to the Virgin Disruptors podcast with Andy Walsh, head of performance for Red Bull. Andy was one of the many speakers across the course of the day who made me reflect on something Sir Richard Branson brought up earlier, this importance of being prepared to step outside of your comfort zone. And I think what Andy really brought home for me was the fact that if you're prepared to do that, if you're willing to expose yourself to those situations and build your ability to thrive, you'll unlock the key to high performance. If you're enjoying Andy's talk, after this show, I'd suggest you go and check out the Voom podcast, where Andy features in discussion with Dom Price from Atlassian. You can find that and loads more content from the Virgin Disruptors event over at virgin.com. But now, let's return to Andy's speech. And before we return to the auditorium, here's a quick word we have with him backstage. I think a big part of disruption is going to be taking on that idea of pushing that idea through. So if you're going to do anything extraordinary and push the edge of any field, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to come up against something that the challenge sort of overwhelms you. You may fail. And 
for us, giving you the tools to train in that space by exposing you to those sort of emotions outside of your general field realm or area of mastery, giving you a chance to explore it in that space where it's relatively safe and then bringing those skills back is sort of the essence of how we prepare people, kind of an obtuse metric in terms of training design. For me, I, I started in this career sort of observing extraordinary performers and I have to go back to Neil Armstrong. I remember studying the Apollo program sort of deeply as part of trying to understand what it was about that era of humanity where this impossible challenge, this idea of going to the moon, which was just beyond comprehension and part of science fiction narrative and what it was like, what was that community like? And Neil obviously epitomizes the everything about that program, but I think his ability to remain as humble and his humility in that space really wasn't uh, an inspiration to me. And I think being the first person to walk on the moon and then taking that as, yeah, just another day at work kind of thing and thanking the community that helped him get there really disrupted the world, obviously, but his, the way he did it to me was inspirational. You're listening to the Virgin Disruptors podcast with Dr. Andy Walsh. Of course, outside of the physical domain, creativity, innovation, entrepreneurialism, that's a huge training environment for us, especially when we work with our musicians and artists in the culture program. What is it about being highly creative? Well, we've studied this through a platform called hackingcreativity.com. It's an online sort of global science experiment, if you like, in the topic. And what we've learned from these high-level creatives is that another word for creativity is courage. Having the courage to come up with that idea Put yourself out there, back the idea. So fundamentally, all those skills we've been training in these other high-stakes environments translate directly over to a creative environment. In fact, we encourage people who are trying to create innovation and creativity in their organisation to leverage some of these fundamental skills and train people for that, such that they are able to perform at their very best and come up with those new innovative ideas. I did want to share with you a little bit of the science, so it's not always about boxes of snakes. It's literally a science of human optimization is progressing at a rate right now that we've never seen before. This is a psychometric test that we've developed internally. It looks at such things like courage, fear of failure, resilience, emotional intelligence, team ability. What I wanted to share with you today is this is two elite performers. In fact, two people on the screen behind me are best in the world at what they do. But their profiles look very different. And a big message from today is that even though the tools and techniques we use to help develop and help train people to thrive in these tough environments, to do the extraordinary, they create their own path. They get there their own way. The individualization of what we do is the opportunity ahead of us. We have even gone to greater depths, pursuant to some of the conversations earlier today, sort of telomere length as a function of DNA. Are they born or bred, these high performers? Again, directionally something there, but really nothing significant. So for us, this is truly empowering in that, hey, you may be born with some characteristics that set you up for success, to push beyond the limits, but ultimately it's up to you. What we do know, though, in the absence of understanding exactly what defines an extraordinary performer, is that the training is effective. The young lady behind me here, she went on probably our toughest training evolution eight days of spiritual, physical, emotional challenges, 24-7. FRMI, pre and post the event, her ability to cope with fear or respond under stress or anger, 
improved significantly as evidenced by the fRMI. So the plasticity of the brain to adapt under challenge reflected in the training here. So you can make a difference even if we don't know exactly why at, the, at this point in time. So the point is to what end? Why do this? Well, I think the disruption we're facing is, as we term in our business, the evolution of evolution. For the first time in history, humankind is a position to understand elite performance in a way we've never been able to, and more importantly, we can impact it directly. These new technologies as they come online are going to empower the majority of us to explore our own limits and our own human potential. For us, the opportunity ahead is the democratization of talent. When we can take these cues and tools and techniques from the very best performers in the world, and we can share them with people solving our greatest challenges, climate, policy, medicine, disease, education. What if we took these skills and trained the people working in those spaces just like we train the elite talent you've seen before me today? Even more importantly, what about that next generation? What if everybody in this room and the future and their kids could realize their dreams and we gave them the tools that allowed them when they face their toughest challenges, when they're trying to do the extraordinary and they come up against that significant failure, which they will have, if they're empowered to move through that with more success, even thrive under that state and realize what they'd always dreamt of, to me that's an extraordinary opportunity and I think the future is less of a question mark because of it. So thank you very much today for your time. Andy Walsh, Head of Performance for Red Bull, speaking live at Virgin Disruptors in London. A massive thanks to him for a truly amazing talk. For me, this was the first exposure I'd had to a lot of the high-performance work that Red Bull are doing. And if you're anything like me, you'll love spending a little bit of time on YouTube googling Felix Baumgartner's jump and finding out some of the incredible other feats, acts, crazy adventures that the Red Bull team have been on in pursuit of high-performance. If you've been inspired by Andy, we'd love to hear from you. What fear are you going to try and conquer? Let us know by using the hashtag Virgin Disruptors on Twitter. And remember, you can find more from the Virgin Disruptors event over on virgin.com. Join us again next week for the final episode of this series. We'll be joined by multi-award winning activist and director of Inspire, Sarah Khan. She'll be talking about how we can foster a more inclusive world. And as a taster, at the end of this episode, we'll have a few words from her to get you excited. But for now, from me, Holly Ransom, and all the Virgin Disruptors team, goodbye. I think my definition of a disruptor is somebody who wants to challenge the status quo. They are, in effect, a dissenter. They want to change something that they see and that they feel desperately needs to be changed. And so... That's who well, I would describe as somebody who's a disruptor and that they will do it at all costs. It's very hard to pin down one ultimate disruptor. For me personally, it has to be Muslim women activists that I know. So for example, women like Shireen Ibadi, who's an Iranian Nobel Peace Prize winner, who challenged the Iranian religious orthodoxy and clerics from fighting for women's rights and human rights, you know, and, and being arrested for it. And so 
um, and even having facing possible assassination attempts. So someone like her inspires me, as does pe do people like Malala Yousafzai, um, a female Muslim theologian called Amna Wadud, who really broke boundaries in terms of pushing the idea of women's rights in Muslim communities. So I get real inspiration from, I think, women in particular, because they are often also not only looking after their kids and, and raising homes and families, but they're also breaking boundaries from a glass ceiling perspective, but also culturally as well. So I, I find real inspiration from, from women, I think. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Andrea, founder of a boutique handbag brand, Andy, and this is why I switched to Shopify. I tried three other platforms prior to Shopify, and I remember my breaking point was when I would try to make one little change and my entire site would go down. With the drag and drop theme editor, we don't need to hire a developer to do any coding. Each theme is automatically optimized on mobile. It's incredible. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Go to shopify.com listen to take your business to the next level today. 